Hello, welcome to the Burkworthy Reviews podcast. My name is Jonathan Burkhead, and today I'll be doing another episode of Burkworthy Rankings, where I'll be taking an album songs and ranking them from worst to best. Uh, today I'm going to be doing Roxette's fabulous pop masterpiece, Joyride. And uh, their previous breakthrough album, Look Sharp, had its moments, but it's not as exciting and enjoyable as Joyride is. And uh, this uh, album takes their shameless hooks uh, to all new heights, and it makes uh, some of the best pop rock music the 90s had to offer. Um, Marie Fredrickson's vocals are legendary, and Per Gessel's guitar playing is fun and extraordinary. Uh, the carnivalesque theme of the album is very appropriate because this thrilling uh, piece of work really takes you on a fun-filled ride. It really does. And uh, this album has 15 tracks, and it barely has any filler. And honestly, that's pretty impressive for a pop album, if you ask me. The music is just that good. Uh, so let's go ahead and begin ranking the album, beginning at number 15. Number 15... Uh, number 15, I chose Small Talk, and uh, this one kind of has this kind of early 90s club dance feel to it that actually is kind of awkward for the song, and it's very difficult to adjust to, and the chorus just is not that exciting. It's very dull and forgettable, and uh, honestly, the way she sings small, small, small talk is actually really, really annoying, so that's why I chose this as the weakest track on the album. All right, moving on to number 14. Number 14. Uh, number 14, I chose Hot-Blooded. And uh, this is definitely one of the more rocking tracks on the record. Um, I think Marie's vocals are definitely kind of meshed between Pat Benatar's and uh, Ann Wilson's on this one. And uh, the guitars are okay. Uh, it's just actually the vocals just really aren't on par with the rest of the song. And I don't think that this serves as one of the more uh, tracks that stand out. So that's why I chose it at number 14. All right, moving on to number 13. Number 13. All right. For a uh, number 13, I chose Church of Your Heart. And uh, honestly, I just felt that this was the uh, least flattering of all the singles. And um, I do think that Purr's vocals are pretty conventional on this and they're okay. And, you know, it's, it's, but it still kind of seems like one of their more filler songs. And I was actually kind of surprised that this managed to crack the top 40 somehow. All right, moving on to number 12. Number 12. Uh, number 12, I chose I Remember You. And um, this one, uh, it kind of sounds like a clash between ACDC and the video game Frogger. And it's a little remini also a little reminiscent of Foreigner's song Urgent. So it's got a lot of crazy stuff going on there. And I think that Marie has a decent uh, control of her vocals. And I also think that Per gives some pretty decent background vocals. So um, that, you know, helped the song, you know, have a little more appeal. All right, moving on to number 11. Number 11. Uh, number 11, I chose Soul Deep. And uh, actually, uh, the funny thing is, uh, similar to their uh, hit, It Must Have Been Love, uh, this song was actually a re-released uh, remixed version as well, because It Must Have Been Love actually was there was a different version of it that was uh, popular in Sweden before it became an international smash. And the same thing applies to this one, except uh, it wasn't as much of an international smash. And uh, this one was first released on their disappointing but very intriguing album, Pearls of Passion, that was released in Sweden. And, you know, it's a very joyous and celebratory kind of song and has some good horns that will keep you moving. And it definitely doesn't lose its Eurythmics Would I Lie to You 80s vibe, that's for sure. All right, moving on to number 10. Number 
10. Uh, number 10, I chose Physical Fascination. And um, this one, uh, it's definitely the most experimental song of the album. And, you know, it has some pretty decent hooks to it. I think that uh, Pearl's vocals are rather subdued on the on this uh, song. And it's it really serves as a cool little song. So, you know, I definitely do enjoy it. All right, moving on to number nine. Number nine. Uh, number nine, I chose Perfect Day. And uh, this is just the loveliest and cutest song on the album, but... Sometimes it could be a little too cute for its own good, but it's still a very great closer uh, because, you know, the album starts off, you know, with chaos, with joyride. And, you know, you're going on this, you know, crazy thrill ride of songs throughout the whole album and ends, you know, on kind of a, a, a good note. And this kind of just does feel like the end of a perfect day. And uh, I do like the accordion on it. And I definitely think it closed the, so the uh, album off. Uh, quite well. All right. Uh, moving on to number eight. Number eight. Uh, number eight, I chose um, in parentheses, do you get excited? And uh, this one definitely is a... Uh, this song kind of sounds like, you know, some sly little cool song that you would hear in an early 90s erotic thriller. Um, it has these uh, moody synths throughout it, and they're definitely a win. And uh, Marie's Marie's vocals, they don't spectacular, spectacularly uh, blend in with the synths, but, you know, they still work. And um, when these the guitars follow, you know, after it's kind of synthy for a little while, that's really cool. And I do feel that the composition of the song is kind of scattered, a little schizophrenic, and it's all over the place. Uh, but it's still a pretty interesting and, and cool song. So I definitely like it, you know, for being as different as it, as it is. All right, moving on to number seven. Number seven. Uh, number seven, I chose Knocking on Every Door. And uh, I used to get the title of the song confused with this heart song called Nobody Nobody Home. Uh, and in that song, she because when, when I used to listen uh, to that song on the radio, she's like, you finally come knocking, there's nobody home. And it sounds a lot like Marie's voice. So I used to think that it was a Roxette song. It used to piss me off that I couldn't find it. And I, I, was, I just swore this was the same song. Uh, but it's a completely different song. Um, and uh, this song is actually very reminiscent of New Jack Swing, which is kind of strange because it has this club kind of R&B feel to it. But it also supplies some supplied with some uh, awesome guitars and it's executed very well and it's very energetic and I also think that uh, Per Gessel really succeeds with his vocals on this song all right moving on to number six number six uh, number six, I chose the uh, Big L, and I really never knew whether to call this song the Big L or the Big Love. I it just it always confused me for some reason, and um, but that guitar in the beginning just instantly hooks you into the song, and I also think that Per and Marie. Um, their vocals are equally distributed amongst amongst them, and I also uh, think that this is this uh, song has some of the best instrumentals on the album, and it's very carnivalesque, so it kind of keeps into that kind of carnival theme, and uh, it's a very awesome single. All right, moving on to number five. Number five. Uh, number five, I chose uh, Things Will Never Be the Same. And um, this one, you know, ha is very different because it has a soothing opening. It's very serene and cool. And then it just explodes into this awesome 80s, early 90s cheese fest. And, you know, while the verses kind of do stay kind of introspective and serene, um, it's, you know, definitely a very, you know, diverse song. And it definitely has this kind of cool mid-tempo kind of, you know, uh, speed to it. And um, I just, I really just kind of wonder, you know, why this song doesn't have its own film montage. It, it, it really, really should. All right. So moving on to number four. 
Number four. Uh, number four, I chose Watercolors in the Rain. And um, I was actually kind of surprised that some critics really didn't like this song because they thought it was too boring, but I beg to defer. Um, I think that this is definitely one of the most introspective songs on the album. It's very stripped down. I think that the guitars are lovely. And I also think that Marie's vocals are very disciplined and quiet. And it's just one of those songs that makes me think about where I where I am in that very moment and you know where my life is going. So I definitely am very introspective when I hear this song. And I think that's a relaxing listen every time. All right, moving on to number three. Number three. Three. Uh, number three, I chose Spending My Time. And I think that this is an excellent ballad, and I think that's fairly underrated on the American charts. It didn't even crack the top 30 for some reason. And uh, I think that the acoustic guitars really blend in well with the synths, and also Marie's vocals are just extraordinary on this song. Seriously, she just like blows, you know, she just blows this song out of the motherfucking water. It's just amazing. She really sings her ass off. And um, I, I think that, you know, anyone who's been brokenhearted before can understand the monotony and the apathy that follows that heartbreak. And you really can hear that pain in her vocals. And uh, I also like, you know, when the guitars kind of get heavier toward the end or a little bit uh, past midway it's just you know it's a very rocking awesome song and i don't know why it wasn't bigger than it was it's just an extraordinary song all right moving on to the number two position this was very difficult by the way number two uh number two i chose the title track joyride and uh when i was a kid i just thought this song rocked more than any other song and i think that you know the uh, carnival intro um is very interesting it definitely gets that this album jump started in the right direction and I think that um, those guitar riffs and those hooks are just undeniable. And I also like the whistling that goes on throughout the song. And um, I also find this to be the best rock set song with Purr on lead. And um, I also love when Marie sings, Rocks you like a baby! Like, you know, that's just that, that, that's always my favorite time where she, you know, just belts that out. And uh, I also think the song just really uniquely grabs people's attention because it's just that that absurd line, Hello, you fool, I love you. Come on, join the joyride. You know, like, it's just, it's just so strange. Hello, you fool, I love you. Come on, join the joyride. It just, it's just, I, don't, I can't really, you know, decipher whether it's like, like hi, I'm, I'm crazy, I'm a serial killer, you love me, you know, come, come, come with me or something like that. Or I don't know, just... Rockstat's lyrics are goofy, and um, I think that they're notorious for that. And uh, regardless, it, it just works. Like, they make their goofiness work, and it's very apparent on Joyride. All right, so moving on to the number one song, and I think for hardcore Rockstat fans, you know which one is missing. Number one. Uh, number one, I chose Fading Like a Flower Every Time You Leave. Now, I have a very special uh, story behind this song. Um, this was the first example that I, that, that I can confirm that was true, unexpected musical nostalgia. Uh, when I bought Don't Bore Us, Get to the Chorus, um, that compilation that they released overseas, um, I, bought this in, I bought it in a... Um, my father bought it for me in a CD store uh, near our house in Mexico City, and I was so glad that he did. But when I was listening to this, and I came uh, and I and this song came up, I froze when I heard the line. I ran a long, long way from home. You know, I was just like, oh my god! I remember hearing that line when I was four years old in Puerto Rico. I mean, I didn't remember the rest of the song, but I remember that one line. So, you know, this was just a very different experience for me. And I just thought that was really cool. And my life was just never the same after that. And, um, I, uh, just think this is the, 
perfect power pop ballad. Honestly, I, I can almost confirm that this is the best power pop ballad ever made. I it's arguable, but I I, I really I can almost confirm it. And um, I think that Marie's voice is flawless. It's just so full of emotion and heartbreak. And aside from uh, the previous nostalgia that I mentioned, uh, it's very yearning. And I also love when she sings, Tell me why, when I scream, there's no reply. When I reach out, there's nothing to find. I mean, whenever she sings that lyric, I literally reach out and just try and grab something desirable. I, I, I really do. I just... This this song just makes me nostalgia and nostalgic and just uh, and very comfortable and also just you know very sad but happy and rejuvenated all at the same time. It's it's just a fabulous song and you know it's it's my favorite rock set song. There's never going to be a rock set song that I'm going to love more than this one. All right, so uh, this uh, thank you so much for listening today. I I really was happy to cover rock sets. Uh, awesome album Joyride. Uh, This one was definitely the one that uh, made them international superstars, uh, even though they technically already were with Look Sharp, but this one just, just, you know, you know, really set the bar extraordinarily high. It was, this album was popular everywhere. And I definitely think that this was the album that really put them at the top of their game. Their hooks were great. The songs were perfect. And it's just really one of the uh, best pop albums ever made. All right, so this has been the Burkworthy Reviews podcast. Uh, my name is Jonathan Burkhead, and I really hope that you can follow me on Instagram, Burkworthy underscore reviews. Um, you can check out some uh, updates on some future shows, and also you can check out some awesome content there, including some countdowns, some reviews. So it's a very fun time, and I hope that um, I catch you again for another episode of Burkworthy Rankings. So I hope to see you then. Y'all have a good night.